Welcome to another gorgeous day on planet Earth and another day of dose of did you know where intriguing, inspiring, unique individuals come to talk about love and life and how it has brought them to where they sit today. My name is Danny Rocco and with me is Mikey B. You will always be as you tell me. Mikey B. Can't get rid of the name all the way from Indiana. How are you? Great. Thanks for having me. I am very, very excited to chat. We were chatting beforehand and I'm like, you're not the ordinary business owner. You're not the ordinary veteran. You're just not the ordinary guy. There was something special when God created you out in his world and plopped you on this universe. And so I'm really excited to like share, for you to share with everybody kind of My how My mom you would definitely it. say I'm special. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good loving heart mom special, not the <laughs> not your friends next door special. Uh, but before we get started, tell the world a little bit about who you are. Uh, Mikey B. I'm a retired Green Beret uh, after a little over about 21 years. Um, retired in 2018 and just kind of been bumping around and trying to figure my way out, figure my way through this world as a serial entrepreneur and just trying to be a, a good person and help other veterans out. I think you are kind of getting it. I want you to retell the story of like when you got out, kind of the job you took and then what brought you to where you are, because I think that's actually tells a lot about you. Okay. So, uh, yeah. So when I first got out, I had a very, very unique uh, job opportunity with a major league baseball team in LA. Uh, I was, I was uh, an executive for a subsidiary and life was great. It really was. Um, was doing pretty fabulous, enjoyed living on the beach um, until one day I went and uh, I, I had free tickets, right? And I'm, like these tickets weren't just like a nosebleed section. This is down on the field, like movie stars set behind us, like Jason Bateman set behind us. And I called one of my best friends, Mickey, and I said, hey man, come down. And he just always had an excuse like, and he lived like 15 minutes away. It's not like it was a big deal. He right. could have rode his bike, yeah. you know, traffic, there, there shouldn't have been an excuse. But, you know, time went on and eventually I said, hey, man, let's go shooting. And we went out and went shooting and we started talking and I was like, why wouldn't you come? And he's like, I just felt like I wasn't at your level. And I was like, dude, we've, we're, we're friends. We've been through a lot of stuff together. We've known each other a long time. And, you know, he just felt bad because when he got out, he was hanging drywall, doing some finishing work, you know, carpentry, working with his hands. And he just felt like we weren't equals anymore. And... Him and I sat down after shooting because we had such a great time and I actually got to see him smile again. And I was yeah. like, why are we doing this? Why, why don't we get back into things that we love and enjoy and take our skills that we, we learned over, over our time in the military and turn them into something valuable for civilians? And so we started our first venture together called Range University. And then that spun off into a couple other different things. We've got Smoke Bros, the spice company, and we're still running Range University. We got a couple other things coming out. I don't want to let let the cat out of the bag, but we got a couple yeah. other things that we're working on together. Um, but yeah, just helping my friends uh, after getting to go to business school, taking our skills, building a model to where they can actually earn a living wage, and not just that. Um, you know, people that come to work for for our companies, they're not just employees. We we give them ownership stake. Yeah. That way, there's a vested interest because the whole goal here is as veterans. It's not just paying somebody a living wage and then eventually they just get old and stop working. It's to build equity 
you know, give them an equity stake. That way they can build familial and generational wealth for their families. Because we're behind right. the power curve by 20 plus years when we get out. Yeah. I just, I love that story. I think it tells like how you just, you went to that next level. It, you're, it shows your heart, um, how you do kind of think outside of yourself. And we all have these gifts that we're given, you know, and you have like a strategy, a, a strategy strategic way of thinking because a lot of things people are like i'm an entrepreneur and this is the way i'm going to go about it and this is what i'm going to do and it keeps you it keeps them right here right with everybody else um and then there's the few that kind of have this expansion of how to think and make things bigger and broader and continue living outside yourself right like yeah. you're continually serving through all of these things i mean now what is the change like was there a change in you i see the change that you're probably creating amongst your feather, fellow veterans and your friends but did you change from green beret to ceo to oh man now um <laughs> it was uh it was quite a journey um and it's it, it started right as i was retiring a good friend of mine um, Bill who I'll give him a shout out. He, he lives up in San Francisco and he is like this high energy guy that jumps from startup to startup and gets them to, you know, gets them to scale. And he had me come up and speak to one of his companies and, you know, I gave a speech as a guy that was still, I was like 30 days out from retiring. And this whole speech was really, really sad. It was uh, not to take anything away from anybody. It was very Jocko-esque yeah. and trying to tie it loosely into business and that I didn't know about, you know, you need to get up at four in the morning and Jack Steele and, you know, eat a lot of protein and do a bunch <laughs> of ridiculous stuff, which really had nothing to do besides being motivational. And then looking back on that, when I got to go to business school, I mean, I had a rocky transition from the military. Literally, I retired one day and I was, a, I was working in baseball the next. And wow. so um, it was very, very rocky the way I spoke to people, the way I behaved. Like in the military, everything's react, right? And in the private sector, it's be very calm, mm -hmm. chew on it, come back, then make a decision. Um, there was a lot of hiccups with that. But really, Bill Hu was instrumental in showing me that I needed to be polished. And, uh, and it was, and I wouldn't have, if, you know, if somebody would have said it to me, I wouldn't have listened. But yeah. having to go through those experiences and having him kind of prod me and tell me like, hey, dude, you probably should adult a little bit before you get into this world. And uh, but Pepperdine, like um, that was it. Like that was the finishing school, taking and formulating everything that I learned from the military and repackaging it and pushing me out the other side. That was really the transformation I needed. Mm, interesting. How long? I mean, I got to think like the thought process that you had to go through and stop yourself. It's almost like people that, uh, well, not people. Yeah. Every person, when you want to say something so badly or justifies yourself or all of those things, and you have to like learn to like whoop yourself and sit back. I mean, did, was there a mantra you said? I mean, what is the secret to that? I think that, or did it just happen kind of? Um, I had to start telling myself my standard is not their standard ah. unless I communicate it. My standard mm -hmm. is not their standard unless I communicate it. And so I would always look at people's failures as my lack of communication 
and delivering those expectations appropriately. That's, that's really what I had to do. It's not them. It's me. Mm. And so if I could blame myself, you know what I mean? The first yeah. couple of times, the third time, like, and then I wouldn't deal with it because I know that I would get, I mean, if you looked around my house, half my plaque say like mad Mike, angry Mike, things like that. That's, it's kind of part of my background as well. But yeah. the, <laughs> I would just pass it off to HR. Like after a certain point, if, if I couldn't communicate to you appropriately, like it's got to go on paper, yeah. but it was very frustrating. You know, I thought, you know, that zero defect mentality that's on a special forces team and those high expectations, that wasn't the case in the civilian sector. And that was really, really, really difficult for the first few months. Um, thankfully I did have another SF guy working with me. And then I started bringing in other veterans around me. I started hiring other people to kind of insulate myself. Yeah. People that, that had that foresight and that, that level of candor um, and work ethic. I really just try to surround myself with that. I really like uh, what you said about, you know, I, I tell people in the relationship world, you have to remember you're not talking to yourself because we do that a lot. And it's kind of uh -huh. what you're saying, but in the business side, a little bit different. You say something and you expect them to react the way you would, except for uh -huh. they're not you. So exactly. You have to be the one that changes the way you're communicating and recognizing someone outside yourself. The world doesn't revolve around like you. Yeah. And so that is um, smart, smart. And then there's that time, right, that you have to just say, okay, I am not getting this through. I cannot break that communication boundary. Someone else has to step in, whether it's like a coach or HR. And yeah, because, you know, as, at that point, it's either, you know, either it's a personality conflict between that person and myself or, you know, I've I'm not speaking, we have yeah. two different lexicons and I need to bring somebody else in that has your vocabulary. I yeah, think. yeah. So now that you're in this other world and you're surrounding yourself, you have surrounded yourself with like-minded individuals, right? What is it? Are you back to the way you used to talk and think? No, yes, yes, no. Like um, there's a little bit of kind of uh, playfulness um, we jokingly, like Mickey and I jokingly say, it's like duck dynasty on steroids where, <laughs> you know, instead of like playing jokes, like, uh, eh, you might, you know, throw firecrackers at each other. You might hit each <laughs> other with paintball guns, you know, a lot of teasing, a lot of, you know, a lot of silliness, sign each other up for ridiculous, uh, junk mail and just yeah. a lot of fun. But, um, but now instead of me having to, that, that coaching piece is still there. Um, I find that veterans have a very, very difficult time when it comes to sales, um, mm. when it comes to s selling things, because we're used to saying something once and then execution takes place. Right. And that's not how kind of the marketing and sales piece goes. You got to, you know, you're going to say it until you're, you're sick at your stomach of saying it or, or your sales pitch. And then you need to say it a hundred more times right. after you're sick at your stomach before people hear you or even know that you exist. So, yeah, just real, a lot of coaching on the business side, really, um, you know, getting people to justify like expenses, right? It's not like the military where you go TDY and it's just, just, hey, it's on the government. No big deal. Hey, yeah, we totally need eight of those, even though you only need four. Like, right. we got to we got to be a little bit more fiscally responsible. And, yeah. and uh, how does that translate now into customers? And I think I would think 
me walking into a veteran owned, I'm talking about when you're teaching them, whatever it is, like you said about, um, you know, shooting and self-protection and all the, all of that kind of world, you can go into exactly what it is. Don't people out yeah. there don't listen to my description of it, but you have to talk to civilians. I would think, okay, I know as a consumer, I'm going into this kind of military surrounding and I'm going there because they know they're the best of the best. If I'm going to learn something, I want the best. I want the best hairdresser. I'm going to go to the best hairdresser, right? It's kind of the same thing. So do they give you a little slack in the way you think? Is it easier knowing that this is a veteran-based company and you're specifically talking about veterans? No, actually, the, expe the expectations are much higher, I, I, I think especially mm. when you start slapping the veteran stuff on it, because there is a certain level of professionalism and expertise that's required. And then on the other side of it, all the back end business pieces, right. That everybody's used to, everybody's used to like a two click Amazon cart checkout, you yeah. know, like, cause we have like uh, with, with range university, we have, uh, <laughs> we have a pretty extensive waiver, right. It's pretty <laughs> much a death waiver for certain events. And, Everybody's like, well, do I have to fill one out for everyone? Can I just do one a year? Like, no, you have to do one every time. You know, yeah. well, can you make this easier? Like, I, I can't. This is, you know, there's just a lot of things, a lot of expectations that people come in from their customer experiences with mm -hmm. Amazon or other, you know, other organizations. But um, I think a lot of people where we really, a lot of customers think because we are special forces guys and green berets or sorry, green berets and Navy seals and a couple of uh, recon guys from the Marines, they think that it's going to be this tactical wear body armor, night vision goggles. And that's not how we teach. If you want that, like none of our courses have anything tactical in them because yeah. we, we teach you practical, not tactical because you're, you need to be a defensive shooter. Um, you know, going to a range and pretending that you're running into a target because there's an active shooter and you're actually going to find the guy that's the active shooter. Um, not so likely. Plus once you start walking forward towards a threat, that's not immediate and you're hunting. Now it's no longer a defensive weapon. It's offensive. Yeah. So how's that going to play out in court? And do you know what the bad guy, there's a lot of guys out there teaching a lot of, a lot of terrible things in my opinion um, and dangerous things unless the threat is immediately in your field of view, that's when you deal with it as a concealed carry, mm -hmm. uh, you know. Well, all of these things I never I never even thought of, but when you were like, yeah, you, you're now becoming the hunter, yet yeah, that is actually yeah. kind of scary to think of. But when you, but I can see so many people talking about that, right? They're, but they're not saying I'm actually going to hunt somebody, but, that, but what they're explaining that they want to mm -hmm. learn or do, is exactly that. I, I refer to him as a fantasy camp. It takes it takes any operator in any branch of the military a minimum of eight weeks of direct training for on CQB, just close quarters battle. Yeah. It takes eight weeks straight every day, 12 to 14 hour days, even longer. And we're talking probably 60, 70,000 rounds minimum per person. And who's going to be, who's shooting that much to be that proficient to be out hunting? You know, right. and that's kind of just a workup for a team to go downrange. That's not sustainment training. It's like just a big workup and to kind of get everybody on the same baseline. And, you know, you got all the, I, I refer to those, those guys teaching that stuff as fantasy camps. It's great. It has its place. As long as you label it as, as that. I work with a charity called Troops Direct 
and we run literally it's called operator weekend and it's a fantasy camp you're paired up with with a spec ops guy and you go out shoot out of a helicopter and do a lot of fun stuff but it is a fantasy camp it's not meant to be training right for an experience right the correct labeling travis is out there he's my like he's my main man he does devoted mission with me um from oscar mike radio but he said isn't there an aspect of not looking like a victim along with a proper mindset absolutely um you could be you could be a an aggressive personality without being an offensive personality right making yourself a hard target versus being an overly aggressive kind of hunter, which is a lot of the principles that are people are kind of teaching these days. Mm. Get, the line gets blurred real quick from being, from being, you know, not a victim, from being a hard target to being ultra aggressive and offensive. Yeah, I can see as you're talking, I can see that line blurring of exactly things I've heard people talk about or what they want. And then the way you're wording it makes it extremely clear. You know, yeah. it's kind of like, and, what did I learn like growing and, and up? And so, like, so my, my experience is this too, um, like, cause all of our guys were credentialed by several different agencies um, in firearms training. One of the things I will say is, you know, a lot of these guys out there teaching shooting, um, you know, it's great to do indiscriminate firing and everybody shooting on the same targets and things like that. Um, but when you're in a gunfight in Fallujah, CSI is not coming out and rebuilding the entire crime scene at the end of it and knowing where you were and how you stood. You know, one one round, you know, when, when everything kicked off in Kenosha, they closed down the whole city and had guide wires and lasers and reconstructed the entire scene to understand what took place. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's a difference between combat shooting and defensive shooting, two two different skill sets in my mind. Yeah, yeah, you've got some people out there that are like practical and glad, so fantastic class at Range University, uh, Pistol. So you've got people that, and I love, I wish I didn't have to go to Indiana to do it. That's why I kind oh, of- Oh no, we travel all across the country. Uh, we're Virginia. I'll be in New Hampshire in October. Um, and of course I won't be in yeah. New Hampshire in October. Damn it, I'll be in Arizona. Can Are you in Arizona? We're not can I bring in you there. We yeah, we could we could easily get something laid on in Arizona. Mm. Ooh, maybe I'm um once I, I'm there, I'm gonna start doing some stuff with the VFWs and things like that. So, so we're in Arizona. We're in Arizona. Uh, Scottsdale. 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 Area. Yeah. Hey, go down and check out the guys at Skydive Phoenix. Really good folks down there. Good friends with those guys. Uh, they've got a range uh, that they've built out there and things. So yeah, really right, cool. good folks. I'll um I'll take a peek over there. But it's so funny. I wanted to talk to you about the smoke bros, and we didn't even get to yeah. we didn't even get to that. We're on. You never know where it's gonna go. So you did this range university, and real quick, as we're kind of, I want to, I want to, I do want to talk about that. Um, you moved into this. Why? Why not just stay there? Why venture out? And I know you said you've got something else that will now stalk you to find out what that's going to be. Well, because we want to create more jobs, right? Like we mm-hmm. we see the opportunity. I built the model. I, uh, it took me about two years to get the Smoke Bros kind of really up and running with all the FDA stuff and, and everything else. Um, but wanted to create more jobs, right? Like I know what it, I know what I need to live every month. It's not a lot. Right. And so right. I can turn a lot of the revenue that I'm bringing in and my, my personal salaries into other opportunities to create jobs for, for my friends. Cause mm-hmm. I just want to be around my friends. I want to build this like 
mega fun duck dynasty kind of group with just my friends where everybody's happy. Nobody has to worry about if they're, you know, where their job is next week. And right. I love that. Creating your world. That's what people should do. Create the world that you want to live in. And I love how you went into something completely different because in my mind, I'm like, oh, you're opening it up to so many other people because they're not everybody's special forces. You know, that that's a combat vet is not a special force and wants to relive that and, and do that. Someone. Loves well, and that's the thing goodness. too, is like, it, it does tie into the special forces, like all the deployments and stuff, because when you're, when you're deployed, like every Friday or Saturday just kind of depends on the cycle, you know, you barbecue and everybody takes turns showing each other like, Hey, here's what, here's how I do it in Mississippi. Here's how we do it in Indiana. Here's how we do it in Texas. And, you know, they got their own spices and their own techniques. And so it is still tied to, you know, our, our lineage, but yeah. Yeah, that's where that all kind of came from. Ah! And so by us being able to send spices and stuff down range, like I'm getting a box together once we get done to send to some guys in Djibouti, you know, so they can they can have their barbecue. Yeah, yeah. I love So that for me, like I didn't even realize that would be all connected, right? But you, there is, you know, a strategy in that. And there all that's the madness. So if you're going to make a doggy daycare next, you're going to tell me how it's all, you know, <laughs> all it's connected, right? Oh, man. So we do have an idea with something. If anybody out there wants to give us a, uh, any help. So a lot of it's still kind of dip and chew. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're looking to come up with, we, we're working on some different stuff with different teas with caffeine and CBD oil in it. So, yeah. Ah. Kind of get rid of the cravings, so. Yeah, yeah. But okay. you still get the caffeine. You still get a little bit of a kick from it. So if anybody out there has got any uh, insights. Travis McVeigh, I'm going to connect you. He's like a CBD, like uh, he is a Marine combat veteran. Um, has Heroes Vodka. Do you know him? No. Love well, to meet him. Well, after this. So there we go. <laughs> um, we'll, I'll do that um, when we go. Okay. So there's so much more. I'm going to have to have you come on. At another date so we can continue Absolutely. on this conversation especially after whatever news you have coming up because i want to now i'm curious like how is that whatever you got back there cooking i want to know how it's all going to be interrelated um because that is really a really cool story to me anyways and again i'm being selfish and it's all about me right like <laughs> when he comes to arizona like what is this all about him this is a danny moment um but before i let you go mikey b in this moment right now what does love mean to you right now uh right now. very much so just moving back home love is family and community very mm -hmm. much so you're all only right. as, you're only as strong as your network that is truth. And you are, you are actually living what you have in your heart at this moment. You are creating it. So take a lesson out there, everybody. You just like, if you don't know how to do it, there's someone else out there that does just find that right person, but stay true to who you are, what fuels your soul and things will magically happen. It's just it's the way God made it. That's, that's what I believe. Believe it or not, but that's what I believe. So everybody, thank you so much. And remember, as always, love hard, love pure, and love proactive. Until next time, take care.